awesome with Allison and Eric too. I'm Allison. (laughs) And our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen, whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful. We hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. When you say, and Eric too, it makes me sound like I'm a tiny Tim. That's why I say it that way. But I'm actually really muscular. I was about to say, I'm here with the one, the only, the muscular, (laughs) the ginormous Mr. Eric Robertson. Hey, guys. Hey, Pleasant Pictures. How you doing? I'm doing okay. (laughs) We are so grateful that you are here for episode 57, The Truth About Your Problems. Allison, you don't know me. You don't know my problems. Yeah, that's true. But actually, I do. We have just like a one and done powerful thought. But I have so many ideas for so many podcast episodes right now. You're going to have to rein it in. I know. I want to point that out because for a while, I like, meh didn't have that many ideas. And that's just the natural ebb and flow of life. But I think as we go out and we live life more, and I've been living a lot of life lately, actually. (laughs) Good job. Well, I wasn't looking for praise. Thank you, though. Um, I just got back from a trip to New York, and then I, I saw the new Color Factory in New York. It's an interactive art exhibit. I just got back from speaking at a conference in Los Angeles. And what I want to do is I want to share some of the powerful takeaways I got from that conference. Then we're going to talk about the truth about your problems. But Eric, we do have a nobody cares about your kids. Small, powerful Fiona. She's terrifying. I think we always say that when we talk about her. But she's perfect. So I, I've recently taken up yoga. and uh, With something we've talked about many episodes ago, Yoga with Adrian. She's a YouTube yoga personality and instructor. And I love her because she makes yoga not so serious. She's, yeah, she's, she's fantastic. So I've been taking up yoga. And usually Fiona sleeps until like 10 a.m. But recently she's learned to crawl out of her crib. Like, you know, jump over. It's always just like a huge life-changing scenario when they can free themselves. So she's freeing herself. So, so, you know, we take the thing off, make a little bed, and she sleeps in that now. So I think the conclusion we came to is the reason she sleeps till 10 is she wakes up, realizes she's in a cage, and goes back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Where now, she wakes up at like 8, you know, normal time, but now my morning is full of Fiona. So my yoga is, uh, I have a monkey on my back, crawling. Literally. Yeah. So So it's great. But it reminds me of the trend that I've been seeing people talk about goat yoga, where you go and you do yoga with goats, and sometimes the goats crawl on you and poop on you, and that's kind of, I did yoga with them this morning, and that's exactly what I think it would be like doing yoga with goats. And so, if you guys need goat yoga, you can just borrow Fiona for a minute, but nobody cares about your kids. Yeah, seriously. Uh, So I attended the Yellow Conference in Los Angeles, and I had the opportunity to speak at it. And so it just ended up being this really, really good experience, and I met so many amazing new people, and there were really good speakers, and I wanted to share my top two takeaways. Now, as always in the show notes, we're going to link to anything we're talking about, so I'm going to link to these people. I'm going to link to the conference if you're interested in any of it, and the first thing I wanted to share with you is from 
another Allison. Her name is Allie Fallon, and she is a writing coach. She helps other people write their books, and she's also an author herself. And so she was talking about the power of writing, and she shared some things about writing that I hadn't thought about before and I thought would be helpful for all of us. And she said, wanting to write is innate in our nature as humans. And I thought that was really powerful because so many people don't think of themselves as a writer, but writing and processing and record keeping, that like is deep within us and our nature, like in our DNA. And she shared this fact that really was like so eye-opening for me. People who write for as little as 20 minutes a day for at least four days in a row can see a measurable lift in their mood. It can reduce anxiety, depression, the number of times you visit the doctor. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's way cool. Why I really, really liked that is because I'm writing a book and I'm always saying I'm writing a book and I am, but also often if I can't get like an hour or I'm like, I don't have an hour to write, I think I shouldn't even bother. I think we do that with exercise. I think we do that with cleaning our house. If I can't do it all at this exact time, I won't even bother. Her just suggesting that, hey, even if you write for 20 minutes a day for four days in a row, you're going to see these measurable changes. That was such a powerful takeaway for me. And so I wanted to offer that to you. Another person who spoke who I also became like kind of weirdly, not weirdly, but just like creepily obsessed with is this amazing woman named Enid. I don't even know her last name because you don't need to when your name's Enid. And, but I will link to her. She works at Pinterest. She was so open and knowledgeable and cool. And when I met her, I just started asking her so many questions in like a creepy way. And I took my phone out and took notes on the things she was telling me. And she didn't even act like I was a psycho. One of the many amazing amazing things Enid shared and she has been with Pinterest like freaking Pinterest you guys like she has been with Pinterest since it started she works very closely with Ben the founder of Pinterest she said a to-do list is not a vision how good is that I like that I love that so much because so often we can get so captured by our to-do list and all of the things that we need to get done. What I usually like to call the running errands of life and running errands, like that's great. You're accomplishing things, but like that is not a vision for your life. That is not setting the direction of your life. And speaking of setting the direction of your life, we have tour dates for our Super Duper Fly live podcast tour. It is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I thought of this yesterday and I'm so excited. The focus of all of the in-person events is going to be setting a clear direction for your life. When we say live podcast tour, you're like, what does that even mean? We're going to record a podcast episode live. We're going to have special awesome guests in each city, but it's interactive, meaning there's going to be Q&A. You guys are going to do exercises. There's going to be things that we do together as an audience. I'm just so, so excited because it's one thing to listen to the podcast. It's a completely different experience to come and have the energy of like maybe a hundred people in a room and share that experience together. And also you're going to meet cool people in your city who are interested in similar things that you're interested in. That was one of the main reasons why I was, I really wanted to do the podcast tour is I really liked the idea of going to another city, bringing people together, 
together and then leaving and you guys all get to hang out when I'm gone. Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's way fun. Okay, so anyway, October 17th, we're going to do the Provo. We're going to be doing a big show in Provo. So put that, we do not have tickets for sale yet, but I just wanted to give you the dates so you can start planning your schedule. So October 17th in Provo, Monday, November 12th in Phoenix, Arizona, Tuesday, November 13th in Los Angeles, Wednesday, November 14th in the Bay Area, and Thursday, November 15th in Seattle. West Coast. West Coast. East Coast. I love you. We're going to try to get to you. And again, I just wanted to give you those dates so you can start talking to your friends, making plans, and put them in your calendar. Now, I want to give you the very strong, simple truth about your problems. And this is something that I have been noticing again and again and again in my life. And it is this. Are you ready? Are you ready, Eric? Yeah, never been more. (laughs) You are not alone in any problem. And when we were trying to decide what to talk about today, like I said, I had four or five different ideas. I started just like sobbing when I told Eric this one. <laughs> That's true. My emotions are pretty raw right now. I've been processing a lot of things. And what Eric pointed out is I've been doing so much and moving so fast. I haven't probably had time to process much lately. You finally have a few days between events or whatever you're doing yeah. to like with yourself yeah and that's when I just start sobbing but in a good way and this is the experience that I wanted to share that really really solidified that for me as you guys know I was hit by a car so that's episode 40 if you're you know new to the podcast and you're like you were hit by a car yeah I was running and I was hit by a car and had some serious injuries I don't know it's all relative right but broke some ribs and the healing is still happening I went to a physical trainer and it wasn't really I don't know and I took a break and now I have a a new physical therapist and I'm really really excited about it because I can really see how they're going to help me progress I have hope for the first time and I didn't even realize like maybe I was devoid of hope because it's not like I was hopeless but I've just been living with this limited movement and like everything I do is adjusted to compensate for the pain and tightness I have like at all times and so every single day every single movement lifting reaching turning just holding my head up because the injuries were in my neck holding my head up is exhausting and I'll get home and I'll just wonder why am I so exhausted I don't feel like I did anything and I just felt like even in my first visit I had so many answers one of the reasons I think I took such a big break from going to physical therapy is I just felt like I was going to start hysterically crying every time I was in there. And I would feel emotionally okay and rested and (laughs) well-fed. All the things I know I can do to keep myself from being an emotional wreck. And I would go to physical therapy and I would just be chatting with, you know, the helpers or the front desk person. And I would just be so embarrassed because I just felt like I was going to burst into tears all the time. I feel like all of the emotions and trauma and everything from the accident would just come up to the surface And so it was just so much easier not to go because I just didn't want to take the time to deal with it. And I um, saw a trauma therapist. It's not like I wasn't 
talking about it or examining feelings, but the physical side of it was a whole different side. After the second time of seeing this physical therapist, I got in the car and I just felt like recording an Instagram story. I think I had something to say. I said, oh, I just went to physical therapy and I burst into tears. (laughs) And every time I go to physical therapy, I get in the car afterwards and I just start sobbing. Yes, it does hurt, but it's not because of the physical pain. I just start sobbing and I felt like such a crazy person. I don't always do this, but I just left that Instagram story up where I burst into tears and I said, you know what? I feel fine about keeping that up. Like I'm really okay. It's just kind of this reaction I had. And I thought it was so great. At least four or five people responded and said, I do the exact same thing or even volunteered information that made me feel less alone. I feel like I'm going to start crying every time I go to physical therapy. It's so embarrassing. I don't know why. I feel like I'm going to burst into tears. And I even had a health professional write me and say, let the tears flow. It's part of the process. It's called psychosomatic connection to your trauma, part of the acceptance process. She said, I often encourage my patients to go ahead and cry or sleep or talk nonstop. Get it, girl. It was just confirming yet again our problems we think that we're alone in them and one of the reasons we like I just want to confirm that you really do think you're alone in them you have you, you don't you don't now like with this like I you would be embarrassed like you would get embarrassed to go cry because you thought you, you didn't know until after this experience that yes, you would feel I'd be embarrassed to go cry but it's not even like I walked around consciously thinking I'm the only one who cries this is the I'm the only person with this problem no but but you felt very alone in I this. felt very like a stupid idiot yeah well, that, it, well, that's and, another and I, way I wouldn't feeling. have even identified it as feeling alone yeah so that's I'm pointing this out and I think that's good for you to point it out yeah. but like I point this out because I never walk around thinking I'm a victim consciously very uh, rarely i mean of course sometimes i do but consciously i'm not thinking i'm the only one with this problem my thought process usually looks more like i'm such an idiot i'm so stupid why can't i pull it together why am i so weak you know just that's usually like my inner dialogue when it comes to stuff like this and so I, but it's but it's also you're separating yourself why can't it be like everyone else and not yep. do this so it is being alone in a way yeah. it's just your language of it oh 100 percent. but i think that it is very helpful to offer all of the different wrapped up versions of this so people might not recognize the rapping in this language but they recognize yeah oh that's how I wrap this problem up so when I put that out there and had all the support come back I do that too or other people wrote back and just said I was crying on my couch about this and you like doing something hard gave me the energy to go and do something hard right it made them feel less alone in whatever problem they were facing at that moment even if our problem had nothing similar about it other than it was a problem so I just wanted to offer this thought to you this really really powerful thought you are not alone in your problem. And I don't say that to make you feel less important or less special or to say that your problem isn't huge and significant. I want to validate all of those things, but I also want to say your problem does not make you special. You are already as awesome as you need to be without your problem. There's nothing about your problem that is making you better or worse than anyone else. And when you really believe 
that you are not alone in your problem, that's when you can start seeking solutions. And that's why it's important to realize. And often, just the knowledge, just the relief that I am not the only one who feels this way is enough to relieve so much of the pressure. I love having somebody say, yes, this is a psychosomatic connection to trauma when they're literally digging their fingers into the place where my ribs were broken because of the impact of steel on my body. Yeah, that might bring up a few negative emotions. (laughs) Like, duh, right? It's just, I wanted to take the weight off of. I want to take the weight off of you. That's all I wanted to do. And I think that's why I started crying so hard when I thought about sharing that. If I could lift that weight for you by saying some jumbled up version of whatever it is that you need to hear to connect to this, that I thought was the most important thing I could do today. And I wanted to also offer that sometimes we don't even know what the problem is, right? We just feel the negative emotions and that's good and that's great. You should feel the negative emotions because life is not all about positive emotions, but just like the tears just started flowing when I sat down and had some time to myself these last couple days. We have to give ourselves space and time. And so I want to offer that as an action item for you. If today you could turn off this podcast or hide in the bathroom for five to 10 extra minutes and just sit and see what rises to the surface and just just give yourself that time to let something come to the surface. And I'm not even asking you to take action on it or do anything about it, but just remember whatever comes to the surface, you are not alone. And man, that's one reason why I love this podcast so much is I'm able to put stuff out there and you guys always come right back. Eric, I want you to share the review you have today because it relates to this so precisely. This is from S.J. Marchant. She says, I started listening when Allison interviewed my dad, John Curtis, in episode 27. At the time, I was in my first trimester and found myself dealing with depression for the first time. Having things to look forward to were crucial for me at, at this time. Allison's podcast gave me just that. I realized I wasn't alone and having emotions all over the place. Allison is real with her thoughts. I don't think she has a filter, and I find it so refreshing. I now have a six-month-old and continue to listen to Allison's podcast while cleaning the house. I'm gearing up to go back to work, and Allison is an inspiration. If she somehow finds time to do it all, so can I. P.S. Are you going to put your cookie course on sale again? I've been eyeing it for a long time. <laughs> Okay, Uh, the episode with John Curtis is phenomenal. It's Traits of Good Leadership, and I highly recommend it. Aside from all of the wonderfully nice compliments in that review, which thank you so much for those, I love how she pointed out that listening to the podcast made her feel less alone and having emotions all over the place. I didn't even think that was some, I didn't even realize that was something that I was sharing. Right? And I do want to point this out because you said, I don't think Allison has a filter. I want to say this to having a filter. I shared an example of me sharing a problem openly online and then all of the support that came back. But I want you to know in the 10 years of sharing online content, I have developed lots of filters. And I don't say that be- like because I inauthentic or you know trying to look a certain way. I have set not filters, but boundaries for myself. And it has been a hard fought, hard battle to realize how do I share openly in a way that does not demolish or diminish or hurt me. Your tendency might be to not share at all. My tendency is to share everything to the point of it 
like making me feel drained and resentful. So I just wanted to say to those of you who I don't want to glamorize sharing over like oversharing. There's nothing good about that. So I just want to say one, thank you again for that beautiful review. We appreciate your reviews so much. Sharing is caring. Sharing, you guys loved the episode with Jessica Dahlquist and you have been sharing that all over social media. Do you know it makes my day and her day every single time we see someone mentioning it? And thank you so much for leaving the podcast reviews. We're going to send you a goodie package of some really fun swag so be sure to share everywhere and we really appreciate that shoot us an email at awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com sj merchant i know some of his daughters so i feel like i know her but i don't know the screen name she knows you Okay, well, we're best friends. So I wanted to share the review for that, one. And two, I I said I want to be transparent. It seems as if I have no filter. And yeah, maybe I have no filter or no shame, right? There's that. But I do have very clear boundaries that I've set for myself. And I wanted to offer that to you as you go to share and as you go to open up to people about your problems so that you feel less alone in them. I want to to encourage you to do that. But I also want to give you the tool of asking yourself, why am I sharing what I'm sharing? And I've heard this shared before. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it helpful? Sometimes it is true and necessary and helpful to share about your problem with a certain person or a group of people so that you can find solutions. And sometimes you might find yourself about to share your problem with someone and you feel kind of like this gut check of like, this isn't the person to share it with. I want you to honor that and not think that you're being inauthentic. That's a completely different discussion for another day, but I just wanted to wrap that in there. Okay, you are never alone in your problems. Never, ever, ever, ever. And I'm here for you in the podcast. Eric's here for you in the podcast. We hope to be there for you in real life. We love you. We appreciate you. We're so grateful that you took the time to listen today. I want to remind you that only you can be you and you're already as awesome as you need to be. Eric, you have some good song music for us. These are some new compositions I put in the Pleasant Pictures Music Club library. This one's called Everyone Is Here. And it's a soft, billowy piece. Ooh, billowy. There you go.